amazing. I hope you guys are thrilled. Eat backside be in church. Come on, last one of 23. It is going to be amazing. God has already done some unbelievable things this year. We're excited about what he is going to do in 2024. Now, listen, something that I, I've been taught growing up, and I believe it is so true, is it is easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. It is easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. Listen, God is calling you into so much in 2024. He's calling you into more spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, and we are thrilled to be a part. Now, some of the things we're talking about that we're doing, the reason that we're doing them is they are things to, for you to act on, things for you to do, and I'm telling you, your feelings will follow, I promise. So, sorry, I got excited. I want to welcome all of our campuses across the state of Tennessee. We are thrilled to be together just to prepare to gather, to rally, to just re, uh, to re, before we re-engage into what God has for us in 24. But I just want to recap a couple of things that we're encouraging together as a family that we act on and our feelings will follow suit. First of all, the devotion that we wrote this year, so help me God, please, please, please make sure that you got you get it on your way out this weekend. Now, some of you guys cheated and started early and that just shows shows you that you need more Jesus and you're going to start over tomorrow, okay? And so make sure that you do that. Uh, it is going to be a game changer. Hey, parents, what an unbelievable opportunity to rally together as a family uh, through the month of January to set a spiritual foundation no matter what happened in 23 into 24. Also, we talked about in our host time, but our prayer gatherings. Now listen, I got a phone call, just so you know how committed I am. I got a phone call that said, hey, Pastor Zach, the first, the first prayer gathering is going to be during the Tennessee game. Do we still want to do it? And as a Tennessee fan, I can tell you, is there a better time to be praying <laughs> than, when they're, than when they're playing, okay? Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? All right. <clears throat> but also, it's some of the times when you guys use the Lord's name the most. So, okay, so this is the time for us to join together in prayer. So yes, we will be having it. We want you to be praying in and for the world. You are called to win as much as possible. Game changer. Listen, prayer is one of those things. Uh, it really is the thing to build intimacy between you and the Lord. And I can't tell you the main thing I hear, I don't know how. Well, great. Let's do it together. Let's pray together at least twice a week for 30 minutes. It's going to be a game changer uh, for your life personally and for us as a movement going across the state of Tennessee. And the last thing, fasting, fasting. Now, hey, listen, I love you. I love you. And, I, and there, there's a lot to be said about fasting. There's some people you've had some issues with food in the past, all right, that, that, that have manifested in emotional things and stuff like that. I get that. There, there's you guys that have had some discipline issues. It's hard for you to be able to, to, to get yourself oriented or meal prep or make a decision. I love you. It, it, the, the, the variation in challenging challenges to fasting is too big for me to be able to speak to all of them right now. So can I give you an overarching deal? 
get it done. We've never needed it more. Listen, and I know, listen, that men, oh, I don't know how to fast. You, you figured out how to change the carburetor on YouTube. You can figure out how to fast. Ladies, you've been doing your kid's volcano science project, right? That boy can't spell his name, but he created a, a combustible engine. We don't think so. You figure that on YouTube. You can find a fast that works for you. Hey, listen, I think it's time that God stops getting our leftovers, right? And we start putting first the fast. What an opportunity to break the things the enemy has tried to use in our lives and break through Jehovah Perazim into what he has for us in 2024. So when I say it's easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into actions, there's three concrete actions that we're gonna take together in 2024. We're gonna do this book together. We are going to pray together at least twice a week, and then we are going to fast together for breakthrough in 2024. Now, hey, listen, I know there's stuff going on. I know there's things in your life, and so we're going to take a moment to address those right now before we move into 24, but even before we celebrate the things that God did in 23. So let's pray and dive in. God, we love you. God, the reason we're willing to be uncomfortable <clears throat> The reason that we're willing to step out into the unknown is because we love you. And God, the reason we love you is because you first loved us. And so God, right now, we want to pray and we want to seek and we want to obey and we want to press in with the same type of love that you offered to us, with the same type of love that you gave to us. So God, would you just, would you just reach down in a transformative, a transfigurative way into our hearts and our life and set us free? Set us free. God, we're not going to do something due to a rule or a regulation. We're going to do something because we're in love, because we're in crazy, stupid love with how much you've loved us. God, in the purposes you've given us, in the grace that you've given us, in the passion that you've given us. And so that's why we're willing to read the devotion. That's why we're willing to take time out to pray with our families and with our church. That's why we're willing to fast, because we're in love. And people do crazy things when they're in love. And God, we're in love with you. And I pray that in 2024, our love for you has never been more evident, shined brighter, been more potent than it will be in this year. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you love Jesus, can you give him a shout of praise just one more time? Come on now. He's so good. So what do we do? What do we do now? 23, for some of us, it was one of our best years ever. We got married, we had babies, we graduated, we retired, amazing things. And also in 23, there were some of us who had some of the hardest of years. Maybe somebody in your life passed away. Maybe you got diagnosed with cancer. Maybe your finances are in a place where you don't know what you're going to do, right? It, it, it was so much. Or most likely for a lot of us, the year held both. Held some of the highest of highs, but also held some of the lowest of lows. So how do we move forward? How do we cut it? How do we, how, do we, how do we stop 23 and move into 24 in a fresh, excited, just clear-cut way? Because I really do believe this is one of the reasons that most people do not accomplish their goals. They don't accomplish their New Year's resolutions. They don't move forward in their relationships. is because they never take time to break, say, I'm done. I'm not going to bring this with me to 2020. Uh, three, or sorry, 2024. 
But we want to take some time before we celebrate everything God did and let's break it. Let's decide the things that we're going to leave in 2023 and move into 2024. There's a verse that I felt really, really led, really two verses I felt led to share with us today. And the first one is that of Psalms 139, this passage, which has been just a foundational passage for me. But as you think about where you're at right now, and then how can I move forward into a, a year and accomplish brand new, accomplish things I've never accomplished? Let me tell you how we're going to do it. This is what King David writes uh, just when he's thinking about the Lord and his life. In Psalm 139, verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If, it was, if it's a killer year, you're there, right? And it's easy to feel like God's there when things are going well, right? You're there. But he says, if I make my bed in the depths, if things are going terribly, if, I don't, if I'm not sure what's going to happen, even there, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Here's what I love. Listen, I love that David said, wherever I make my bed, wherever I go. Listen, it doesn't matter that you made the decision to get your marriage in a bind or your grades in a bind or yourself in that addiction. David says, no matter where I make my bed, no matter where I find myself, even there, your hand will guide me. No matter where you have found yourself to end this year, in the, in the heights or in the depths, in the celebration or in the sorrow, even there, his hand will guide you. He says, and surely, uh, and surely, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light uh, become night around me. Even the darkness. Listen, here's how I know that if we will choose it, here's how I know that we can move forward no matter where you are, no matter how you feel, no matter what your circumstances said, no matter what your relationships or your doctor or your bank account says, listen, even if the darkness, uh, even the darkness will not be dark to you, the light will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. He is the creating God. He is in total and in complete control. You can sit in a dark room and you can see there's no way that light can show up. But whenever God holds the pen, when God holds the power in your life to make your decisions, to lead your way, even the darkness is as light to him. What do we need to do? You can give God some praise if you want some peace to be on the line, right? How are we going to break? Because you know what? You may still have cancer tomorrow. Your marriage still may be on the rocks tomorrow. Your grades, middle school and high schoolers, still may be in the take tomorrow. Your job may still be in trouble tomorrow. How can we start afresh tomorrow when our circumstances haven't? Can we give our control to where it should be? Because even the darkness is as light to him. There's another passage I just felt really, you know, I, I shot a video, uh, a sermon a month ago for this moment. Uh, and, and here in a minute, the campus pastors are going to come. But I just felt so led that we needed a break. Listen, the enemy is after our church. And when I say after our church, he's not after our buildings. He's not after our gatherings. He's after our church that's sitting in your seat. 
He's after you. If he can get you to not share your faith and not share your finances and not share your family and not share your future with the kingdom of God, he can kill the church and not faith promise the church, the gospel, the hope of the world. And God will find another group of people who are willing to do whatever it takes. But I believe it's us. But we have to make a decision to be used, to continue to be used. And so I just felt led to this, uh, felt led to this verse for us just to share it. We're going to pray for it. And then we are going to celebrate everything that God did in 2023. But there's some things we need to leave, right? So in Proverbs 27, verse 21, it says, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. Now before I read the last part, a crucible for silver and a furnace for gold, those are moments of refining. Those are moments of defining. Those are moments when all the impurities are burned away, right? And the true purpose of that element is shown. So the crucible for, for silver and the furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise. Now there's two ways you can live your life, be tested by praise. You could test your life by the praise that others give you. And if we're honest, that's where a lot of us live. The praise that other people give us, whether it be other people or even yourself, how you feel about your circumstances, how other people feel about what you're doing. And is that the crucible? Is that the furnace that you are defining success by? When a man or a woman of God reads this verse, it says, but people, but Christians are tested by their praise. It means something different. We are tested by what we praise. We are tested. Our lives will be tested. There will be a crucible. There will be a furnace for our lives. And what will define it, what will refine it, what will give it purpose is what we praise. And so how will we move forward? How will we see the world, even though our circumstances won't magically morph? How will we look and see, okay, I, I look and I see that, that, that I, I want God to have the control and the power, but how, what action can I take to manifest that? We have the devotional. We have the prayer times. We have the fasting. We have our word for the year. You have things like the Purpose Podcast, but can I ask you, what are you going to praise what are you going to praise? And not just on the hour a week when you're in a service, but what are you going to praise in the car? What are you going to praise whenever there's an argument? What are you going to praise whenever you have to decide between savings or tithing? What are you going to praise? Our lives, in the end, in eternity, will be defined, refined, and shown by what we praise. Man and woman of God. He's moving. We saw this year people saved from death. We saw people physically healed. We saw families restored. Listen, the kingdom of God is moving. It's coming. The question is, will we give all of us to it? Or will we just give our leftovers to it? Will our lives be defined by praising God? Now we're going to take a moment to praise God by inviting all of our campus pastors up and celebrating and cheering and being overwhelmed by all that God has done. But can I just ask you, whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken into your life, 
in these last 10 minutes for you to leave in 23 and for you to praise God in 24. Would you put a stake in the ground and say, this is what I'm doing. This is who I'm gonna be. God, you will be the most important thing in my life. Because when we do, we will see exponentially more of the things that we're about to celebrate. Let's pray together. God, we love you so much. And we're so grateful that we get the opportunity to celebrate you and to praise you. God, you, you say in, in Psalms 100 that we enter your court with praise and enter your court with thanksgiving. God, we're so grateful for you. We thank you. We praise you, God. We thank you that no matter where we are, that you're there with us. God, Holy Spirit, would you give us the, the self-control and the boldness to lead things in 23 then don't belong and to give you the power and the praise in our life the power that you say what light and darkness are the power and the praise to say that we will give you glory and fame no matter what God we love you God and as we invite up our campus pastors God we just want to pray for them God, these men of God, they, they are so desperate to see you move. They are called to win cities. They're called to equip leaders. They're called to send uh, students and kids into schools who will go out and see revivals. God, would you just please let us see things we've never seen because we will be more faithful than we've ever been. God, the world has never needed a church, a life-giving supernatural church more than it needs it right now. Let it be us. Let it be faith promise. Let it be now. Trust us with the state of Tennessee and be on God because we will give you all the praise. God, we love you. We cannot wait to celebrate what you've done and be inspired into 24 so we can see so much more in your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's give it up for our campus pastors that come up. Amen, church. How, how's everybody doing today? You doing well? Man, what an honor it is to be with you guys. And happy, I want to say happy new year, but I know I can't yet. Happy New Year's Eve. There we go. I want you to do something. I want everybody to say, it is finished. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Everybody say, it is finished. Amen. Those words were the words that were breathed, were spoken by our Lord and Savior on the day that he hung on that Roman cross and he drank the full cup of God's wrath. And he knew that he had fulfilled all that the Lord God Almighty, his heavenly father, had sent him to do. He paid the full price of my sin, of your sins. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he bore our sins on that cross. That literally, the filth and the sin of this world. Some of you may be sitting out there and thinking, well, it doesn't apply to me. Well, yes, it does. When he said it is finished, he meant it. It is finished. And that is the risen Lord that we are here to celebrate and worship today. Can you give Jesus some praise in this house? Yes, amen. It is finished. He finished the work. It's done. And we can walk in that freedom. But it's also finished this year, 2023 in a couple hours, man. We're rolling on into the next year. Hard to believe God has brought so many incredible things in my life. How about you? Has God blessed you this year? God's done some, yeah. We should give him praise for that. But sometimes we have things that happen in our life and we're like, well, I wish, I wish those things didn't happen in my life. How many of you know that God causes all things to work together for good? Yes, he does cause all things to work together for good. When I had my hip replaced this year, I promise you, that was not something that I wanted to give praise to God for. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that we're to rejoice always. Everybody say always. We're to pray continually. Everybody say continually. 
Yeah, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And the scripture says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So as we roll into 2023, as Pastor Zach was talking about, man, there's some good things and there's some, some things that probably aren't so good. I wanna celebrate a couple things here at this campus, uh, bring it to your attention. This past year, our goal across all Faith Promise campuses was to elevate next steps. And this year we were able to, through three steps and next steps, we'd have 259 people that went through step one, step two, and step three. They discovered their purpose of, of how God could use them in the body of Christ. And then they began serving on our winning team. That's an incredible number, 259 people. We had 900, y'all are like, I don't wanna hear numbers. Well, you're gonna hear a couple here real quick. 909 people that served on our winning team this year per month. That was the average. There were months it was higher, there was months it was lower, but on average, if you take all the months, that means 909 individual people served per month at this campus. Church, that's incredible. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And you can walk through these doors and you can feel like, you know, you look, you see, well, the, uh, the doors are covered, got people greeting, got people ushering, got people covering kids, set, uh, kids ministry and all the different things, worship, we got everything covered, cameras. But, and you can get the sense that everything's covered, but it's not. I love our teams, and our teams do an incredible job. But I'm telling you, there are people sitting in this room that used to be on the winning team, that used to serve. You need to get up, and you need to serve. Did you know that, there, did you know that we have preschool rooms right now in the 10 o'clock service that, are, that have too many kids in them, and we're ready to open up new rooms. We even have teenagers that have gone through next steps, young teens that have said, hey, I'll jump in, I'll serve, but we can't open those rooms because we don't have adults that will step up and say, I'll lead, I'll serve. I'll love on some little children, little preschoolers. You know what, we have, we have first-time guests that roll through our preschool area during the 10, 11, 30 service. And they see 15, 20 kids in the room and they're like, well, I'm not putting my kid in there. Come on. And how many of you know some of them don't return to Faith Promise because of that? So those are some areas that we need to grow in, church. Come on. We've got students that need, need small group leaders, that need security. People just here to hang out, make sure things are secure. We need great ushers, greeters, and so forth. It goes on and on. So there's room at the end, come on. There's room at the end of Faith Promise Church for people to stand up and serve. And if you've never served, I wanna invite you to come and be a part June, June, I'm in the wrong month, January 7th, we're gonna have our first step and next steps. We'd love for you to be a part of that. As, 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 as a matter of fact, this morning, I would ask, if you're part of our winning team, would you stand up for just a second? If you're on our winning team, stand up. Look at that. People serve, if you serve this year, stay up, stay up, stay up. If you serve this year in any capacity, stand up. Yes, that's incredible. Stay standing, stay standing. The people standing represent the teams of guest services, of Epi Kids, of students, of worship, of our group's ministry, of missions, our prayer teams, our admin teams, resources, facilities teams, God behind bars. And by the way, I've been on the phone recently with some of our, some of our new guests and they were in our God Behind Bars campus, behind bars, and now they are sitting in service with us, ready to get involved, ready, ready to plug in. I love it, I love it. Celebrate Ministries, Stephen Ministries, and the list goes on. I probably missed some. Stay standing, stay standing. Adults, students, even kids who have jumped in to lay down their lives and serve others. Now, will you give these people a big hand of applause? Thank you, Winnie Team. You can be seated, you can be seated. Thank you. 
they laid down their life to make a difference in other people's lives. People like Trey, who somewhere around January, February, a young teenager at the close of service raised his hand and said, I prayed to receive Christ my Lord and Savior. Because we had weekend pastors in here in this room, they went up to where he was after service and started talking to him, made sure he understood what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And he did. He was a born-again believer, man. He's a new creation in Christ. But then they also tell him, hey, Trey, you need to get baptized. How many of you know if we didn't have people serving in this room doing that, that wouldn't have happened. But they tell him, Trey, you need to get baptized. Three weeks later, Trey shows up, his whole family here with him, gets baptized, and he goes in front of his church and says, I belong to Jesus. We saw a multitude of people boldly proclaim that Jesus has set them free from addictions this year. We saw people who held unforgiveness in their hearts set free. I'll never forget, I mean, multi, several people that happened in their life this year. They've just held unforgiveness for years because they literally were done wrong. They were abused. And they had every right to hold unforgiveness against the people that had done them wrong. But the Bible says, Jesus says, if you won't forgive people, he can't forgive you. Your Heavenly Father can't forgive you. We saw people, man, the Holy Spirit grabbed their heart and they let go of those pains that had held them bondage for years. At Easter, we saw a new couple, Chris and Katrina. They served for the first time ever. One of them in Epi Kids Elementary, one in preschool area. And they, they served at 1145 service and then they attended the 130. That's, that's a, by the way, that's the culture of this church. You sit one and you serve one. And that's what they were doing. You sit one, you serve one. Or maybe you serve one and then sit one. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But you, you get the point. They did that at Easter. And they, after the 11.45, they attended the 1.30 service. And their little guy, Lyric, was in preschool. And service was over and all the kids were picked up. But there was a little Lyric still in there. So our team started texting them. Like, hey, you guys okay? Where are you? Started calling them. They didn't answer. Calling the parents. And then in walks Katrina, wet head, because God had grabbed her heart on Easter Sunday, man. And she and her husband both went into the waters of baptism and said, I belong to Jesus Christ Church. I'm telling you, God has been moving in such a powerful way this year. And what was cool was Chris, Chris and Katrina were invited by a neighbor. Man, let's not miss that, that we invite people, man. And, and that, by the way, they got to go out and, and be a part of their baptism. It's pretty cool. But we saw this year teens and adults let go of the lies of Satan, the lies of Lucifer, and turn from thoughts of suicide, of self-harm, and oppressive type of behaviors or thoughts going through their head. And they chose to open up the word of God. They chose to take those thoughts captive and open the word of God, look into the mirror of the word of God and start speaking scripture and believing what Bible says about them rather than what their self-talk was, rather than what society was trying to convince them of, that God had a purpose and plan for their life. We saw God do miraculous things, even setting people free from, demonic, from the demonic. I, that's not only talked about from stage, but man, it's happened multiple times this year. Just recently in December, uh, Pastor Jesse and I were asked to go and pray for a guy after the, after the 1130 service. And we went to this room and this guy was out of his mind. And he was begging us, begging us, get it out of me, get it out of me, get this demon out of me. It was incredible to see what Jesus did, how he set, Jesus Christ set that man free from out of control to peace, 
to the peace of God. In fact, before he left that day, he sealed the deal by coming over here in this baptism tank. There was very few people here because after 1130 service and, and was baptized. He came in bondage and he left in freedom. How many of you know the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, that there is freedom and the Holy Spirit has been present. The Holy Spirit is the one who's been drawing people to Christ. We saw over 300 people raise their hands at the end of the service, meaning that they had accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit drew them to that place. We saw 288 people, 288 people baptized this year at the Pellissippi campus alone. Guys, God has been moving in an incredible way. We're believing that 360 people will be baptized this upcoming year. And I'm telling you that because some of you are like, gosh, that's a lot of numbers, Mike. Well, I'm telling you that because I'm, I want us all to be praying and believing for that. Can you agree with me in prayer for 360 people, 900 across all of our campus? I, I, I know Pastor Chris and Pastor Zach would be, how about a thousand? Let's just go, let's just go for it, right? But let's believe God. Now, baptism will be our true north goal this year. In other words, next steps was last year. This upcoming year, baptism is gonna be the main thing that we're looking at. You know why? Because when you see somebody get baptized, you see a life that has been set free by Jesus and they're going into waters baptisms to seal the deal. We believe as we walk out the vision of this church, we exist to equip Christ followers. We exist to equip who? Christ followers to win their world, starting with 1% of Tennessee. And that comes straight from Matthew 28, where Jesus gave the great commission. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you where our vision comes from. We are to go as you go, as you go with your haircut, as you go to your school, as you go to your neighbors. Man, let's, let's share the gospel. They will see, we believe we'll see more people in this upcoming year led to Christ Monday through Saturday than on Sunday at church. Can you believe with that? I believe it's gonna happen. So we're praying, we're believing for a record 900 baptisms this year, 360 to this campus, because each baptism represents a life that is forever changed, set apart for Jesus Christ. Lives like some of our children, some of our kids, like Ashton and Harper, got to talk to their mom this past week. She told me about her twins, Ashton, little boy, Harper, little girl, eight years old, went through kids steps at our kids ministry and then got baptized this past year. Victoria in December attended a prayer gathering she was scheduled to be baptized somewhere in the future. Wasn't a big deal. Didn't know when it was going to happen. But after that prayer gathering, man, God rocked her world. A couple families gathered together and just began to pray. And God moved that night. And Victoria began praying, or excuse me, began weeping. And as they finished praying, they thought she was scared. She said she wasn't scared. She was so moved by God that night. And she said, the next, door, next day those church doors open, I want to get baptized. And she did. She got baptized. Ryder, you heard about it at our Christmas Eve service. An 11-year-old man that got baptized here this year. He's a young man that went on a playground and, and preached the gospel to his unsaved friend and his atheist friend. And that, that young man gave his life to Christ right there on the playground at school. Teens, young, our teenagers, man, like Trey, that young man I was mentioning earlier, Bryson, Gave his life to Christ at Easter. He's faithful to serving FP kids. Leo, man, a young man that's being bold about what God is doing in his lives. Church, because of your faithfulness, people like Stephanie have walked through our doors, made to feel welcome. 
made to feel a part. She said, I struggled to find a purpose and a sense of peace in my life. She said, I was invited to Faith Promise one Sunday by a friend. This gal named Stephanie invited to come. How many of you have people around you that you know you need to invite to church? Yeah, come on, be bold, be, be honest. How many of you know people you need to invite? I'm telling you, the power of the invite is huge. I came to Christ because people invited me. And they invited me more than once because I kept telling them no. Let's make sure we keep inviting. Stephanie was invited. She came. She said, I don't know what I expected, but from the moment I walked through the front door, I felt love from all the greetings of the people. There was a sense of comfort once I entered those doors. My first experience at Faith Promise was heartfelt, educational, and moved me to want to be a better child of God. I attended several services thereafter and concluded that Faith Promise was where I wanted to make my church home. She said, I knew that I needed to grow closer to God. And I felt this in my spirit. She went on to say, it was time for me to relinquish a broken, sinful life and surrender to God. I was ready to release the weight of regrets and mistakes and that she'd always carried on her shoulders and she made the decision to get baptized. I'll never forget the, the, the day, it was a Saturday. We had a prayer gathering, which we don't normally baptize after that. Stephanie got over here in this baptism tank and she was sitting in that tank just weeping and she kept saying over and over and over, God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. She had her hands raised, just, just crying. I'm not worthy. And I reached down and I told her, I said, Stephanie, you're exactly right. You are not worthy. And neither am I. And neither are none of us. But because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, everybody say, it is finished. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, man, Jesus Christ set her free. When Stephanie asked Jesus to be the Lord of her life, she died to herself. And she became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus describes it as being born again, made new. Come on. So church, what is baptism? Is it just getting wet? Is that, if it's our true north goal this year, is that, is that all it is? Is it just getting wet? I promise you it's so much more than that. Romans chapter 6 says this, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Did you know in our FP Kids area, when we have kid steps, those children are taught, hey, when you step in that water, you remember that Jesus died for you on that cross. And then we'll ask the kids, hey, what did they do when Jesus died? When he said it's finished and he breathed his last, what'd they do? They took his body off the church, what'd they do? They put him in a what? They put him in a tomb, he, he was buried. Well, I can't speak. That's my East Tennessee English coming out right there. Okay, they put him in a tomb. They buried him. And then three days later, he was resurrected from the grave. Church, when you are baptized, you are buried with Jesus, resurrected to a new life. Colossians 2 says it's a circumcision without hands, a circumcision of your heart. Exodus 14, such a beautiful picture. The Israelites coming out of Egypt, they get to the Red Sea. What did God do? He parted the Red Sea. They went across, got on the other side. And who came after them, church? Their past, their slaves, their taskmasters came after them, the Egyptian soldiers in the bottom of that Red Sea. And God let the waters close in on them. And their past was removed. There's something supernatural that God does when you accept Christ and you go through the waters of baptism. Jesus said, 
it is finished because he took on the full wrath of God upon his body, upon his flesh. He bore my sins, he bore your sins. But the Bible says that the only way you can come to Christ is by accepting him as your Lord and Savior. It's a free gift that God gives you. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus really did come from heaven, come to earth, die on that cross and rose from the grave, if you confess your mouth to him as your Lord, that you will be saved. So would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This morning, if you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna invite you to pray with us. We're gonna pray as a church family right now. If you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, and what better day, what better way to start a new year than starting new with Jesus. So we're gonna pray together. Let's pray together as a church family. Say, dear Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Make me new. In Jesus' name I pray. Now with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, if you just prayed and asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to just slide your hand up. Our team is going to bring a card and give it to you. It's about your next steps with God. Raise your hand up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, we just thank you for what you're doing right now in our midst. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Any, any good? Hey, if you prayed and asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you would go to our online, just tap your phone to that disc in the seat back in front of you. It'll take our online communication card or you can take a paper communication card, fill that out, drop it off in the offering buckets when they pass in a couple minutes. It's our way that we can connect with you, church. But hey, we're gonna, we're gonna continue in our worship for a few minutes. And as we do, I wanna remind you that we have, we have response tables up front on the side and in the back. We'd love for you to come and respond to Christ Jesus this morning. Maybe there's something you need to let go of in 2023. You need to enter 2024 by letting go of something. You need to go to that cross, write it down and put it on the cross. Maybe you need to come and light a candle and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you fresh this upcoming year. We have communion up front as well and our prayer team will be here as well. We invite you to come and be a part. How many of you know Christ is our firm foundation, amen? Let's stand up and respond and worship.